Bridge is on a gospel-led mission to transform the foster care landscape in Ohio. We're here to raise awareness and empower churches and communities to step into action by supporting vulnerable children and families in their local communities. In this podcast, we'll be shining a light on stories of hope, redemption, and transformation, and sharing practical ways that you can step in and get involved. Welcome to Restoried, a podcast by HopeBridge. Welcome, everybody, back to our Restoried podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, Lisa Robertson, the Executive Director at Hope Ridge. She's going to share her story with us all. And I'm just super excited because Lisa and I have been friends for, I don't know, six, seven years. Really? Something like that. Our whole foster care journey, really. Yeah. 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 Uh, We had friends in town that kept telling me, you should meet Lisa Robertson. She reminds me so much of you. And who and our is family worker, our family worker would say, have you met the Bowmans yet? And I think I gave her my phone number to give you many, many times. And that oh. never happened. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so Lisa, we would really just love to hear about your story, your journey into foster care and a child welfare system. It's unique. And I think it's just really important aspect of why, why you're here to begin with, why we do the work that we do. And Could you just briefly share with our listeners how you first became involved with foster care um, or the child welfare system? Yeah. So you met me on the first episode. I'm Lisa Robertson, Executive Director of Hope Bridge. And really, my role so far this year has just been helping with program development. And just we had a vision for having those areas of prevention, intervention, and restoration, and just helping those to kind of take flight and into programs that are now off and running. And so that's been exciting as part of my role here and just watching God build the team around that, exactly who fits each role and their giftings. But personally, my husband and I became licensed in 2016, and that was never part of our plan. And so having been in this space for about a decade, you talk to foster families and adoptive families and you hear them say, you know, I always dreamed of adopting or I always dreamed of foster care. And that just wasn't our story. We were kind of smacked with foster care and it came through our journey of infertility. And so we got married in 2011 and had our daughter in 2012. And after she was born, I experienced complications and picked up a rare infection. And this led to um, a prolonged hospital stay with a really rare infection. I was fighting for my life. And through that, I ended up with a life-saving hysterectomy. And so with that journey, we were still newlyweds. We had only been married 10 months. So all of a sudden, our plans for a family had shifted. And so we got married. We you know, had all the dreams of one day we'd have a family and I always wanted three or four kids. And that's just, I think when you're young and naive and haven't experienced a lot of hard things yet, you just think that everything is going to go how you've planned it to go. And so when this happened, um, it really shook us and it shook me and my plans for our life because, you know, I just wanted things to go the way I wanted them to go. And so Through that experience, we now faced infertility and 
the question of what does our family look like now? And so the desire for more children didn't go away just because um, now I had a hysterectomy and I wasn't going to be able to carry more children. It was still there. And so it really was like, okay, what is this going to look like for us now? And even then, foster care was never anything that we had considered or thought of. So at that point, after my hysterectomy and as we you know, as our little family of three, we're trying to pick up the pieces and figure out what the future looked like for us. And if we wanted to pursue other options, my surgeon at the time had encouraged me to um, meet with a reproductive endocrinologist and just to make sure that we knew all of our options and where, you know, my body was at and all the, all of that, just so that we had our questions answered. And so we did pursue that and um, we ended up moving forward with IVF with the help of a gestational surrogate. And um, at that time, it really felt like God had just paved the way. I was teaching at the time. Um, I was not super happy in my teaching position, but my insurance covered the IVF um, almost 100%. And so we felt like, okay, if if we're going to do this now, is the time to pursue it. The Lord brought a really just a perfect gestational surrogate into our life that was, you know, willing to carry children for us. So we pursued that. Um, we went through the IVF process and ended up with three embryos, which was a gift in itself. That it was a number that we were comfortable with and could realistically use. And so we did two transfers. Our first transfer, um, we transferred two and we had a very early positive pregnancy test. And then she ended up miscarrying very early um, within the first five weeks. And then we transferred our second one and we never got a positive um, pregnancy test with that one. And so we had a very quick closed door with future biological children and personally, I just remember this time, I mean, this this was a time of internal wrestlings, of dealing with a lot of healing from everything we went through, but also spiritual wrestlings where we were just digging deeper into our faith through this too. And we were really getting to know God for who he is. And so I remember this time driving to work um, before our second transfer And I was just praying on my drive, like, God, whatever you have for us, whether this works or it doesn't, like, I'm just surrendering this to you and I just want whatever you want for us. And we found out, you know, a day or two later, it didn't work. And I went to church that Sunday and was just sitting there feeling like a shell of a person again, just like, where do we go from here? And our pastor preached on are you willing to reconsider the path that God has for you? And at the end, he was kind of just giving examples of ways that God may be calling people listening. Um, You know, maybe he's calling you to mission work or, um, you know, being a missionary overseas. And he said, or maybe he's calling you to become a foster family. And it hit me. I had never thought about foster care before that moment. And Um, It was just like the Lord reaching into my heart with that from our pastor and just starting to soften my heart to that idea. And JJ, my husband, he wasn't there with me that Sunday. I can't even remember why, but so it was just something personally I was sitting with. 
And um, this was November of 2014 when this happened. And so Thanksgiving was like the next week. And we were driving to my parents' house for Thanksgiving. And we were just talking on the drive. And I, we were talking about, you know, that the transfer didn't work and where do we go next? And I just shared with him the sermon and how it had impacted me. And I brought up, you know, have you ever thought about foster care? And we had never like said those words to each other before in this conversation. And he just looked at me and he said, um, yeah, I have. I feel like God has been putting foster care on my heart too. And so that was like the first time that we talked about foster care together. And um, so it was suddenly this conversation we were having when we had never talked about it before. And so again, at that point in our lives, it was just like lots of growth happening emotionally, spiritually, and we were pressing into our church and getting involved more. And so we went to that pastor and told him, like, we want to know about foster care. You know, what can you tell us? Could could we come over and just ask you questions? And so he had us over for dinner and invited another couple over that was currently fostering. And we just talked about foster care all night long and they just shared stories about it. And we left like thinking, you know, we, we can't not pursue this. Um, and there were so many other instances where God just kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up in conversation with other people, just little things where we felt like we can't ignore this and we would be like in direct disobedience if we didn't pursue it. And so we began the licensure process in 2015, the spring, and we were licensed by that fall and welcomed our first placement the following spring and in 2016. And so we had um, a couple placements come and go. And then we had a little baby boy come to us in December of 2016. And um, he was our first placement that he never left. So he's our now almost seven-year-old adopted son. And then after that, after he was adopted, uh, his little brother was born a couple months after his adoption. And he came to us and never left. And he's here forever as our five-year-old son. And we had a couple in there that came and went too. And then our most recent adoption was this September when we adopted our third son. And after his adoption, we closed our home. And so we were licensed for eight years. And now just really feel like God has closed the chapter on our family as a foster family and has opened the chapter for our family of stepping into this space through Hope Bridge and the mission behind Hope Bridge and supporting foster families in the trenches, working in those in the preventative space and um, just continuing to pursue that ministry, but just in a new way. And so, yeah, that's where we're at now as a family. I think that when you're in this space as a foster parent and adoptive parent, you see so many things that you hadn't seen before. And it was very hard for some of us to not step into this space in a great, you know, in greater detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to back up a little bit, though. So your story of secondary infertility, and that was kind of the beginning of your journey towards foster care. And I love the fact, you know, we know foster care, the goal is reunification. And so um, many times you will see people who maybe don't have that understanding, decide, hey, I'm going to do foster care because I hear that you can adopt for free or I want to grow my family. And a lot of times people are quick to jump on that and say, mm-hmm. hey, that's not what this is about. Right. You know? But I often think about my story and your story and how many times the awareness of foster care just wasn't even 
we weren't aware mm-hmm. until we had that, we were on that journey. It was it was our journey of infertility. It was our journey of growing our family that brought us to that space mm-hmm. of you know um, there's a need for these children to be cared for. There's a need for these families to be cared for. Um, reunification can be beautiful. Restoration is a God's you know a story of God. Um, but with that being said, um, working in this field gives you a different perspective. Being a foster parent gives you a different perspective compared to those on the outside looking in. Can you share one significant perspective shift or insight that you've gained um, since being actively involved in child welfare or the foster care system? Yeah, with with you backing up with that, I would say when I entered into foster care, we were in this vulnerable place of our family wasn't what we had dreamed it would be. Mm-hmm. And we wanted more children than than our one biological daughter. And so it was this journey for me of becoming a foster parent initially, probably not for the right reasons. And God just shifting my heart through our experiences to show me what foster care was all about. And I, I say that all the time that it's just his mercy and that Mm -hmm. of, of accepting me and, and allowing me to be a foster parent when my heart wasn't aligned with his heart for Mm -hmm. the vulnerable, but he, he made it that way in time and through experiences. And so I would say um, the biggest shift for me is those biological family relationships Mm -hmm. that we've built over the years. Um, My two middle boys are biological brothers and we have a relationship with their biological mom and it's, it's grown so much over the years. And honestly, it's one of my most cherished relationships. She is very special to our family and I feel like we're very special to her Mm -hmm. and it's not something that like pre foster care Lisa would have ever imagined or picked for our life. Mm -hmm. But now it's something that I would never want to give up. I mean, it's just this beautiful story of restoration Mm -hmm. and you know, their story wasn't reunification with her, but it still was restoration with her because they still have a restored relationship with her because we have a restored relationship with her. And yeah, just our experience of walking with her through two different cases and just continuing to build relationship with her over the years that has shifted my mindset towards foster care, my mindset towards preventative services and, um, really my relationship with her is, was, was my heart behind our single moms program the entire time we were launching it. It's been really cool to see, um, that all play out because, you know, just like any relationships, they ebb and flow, they're up and down. And uh, for you and JJ, the way that you've stood by her all these years, even when it was hard, even when Mm -hmm. maybe your relationship was strained, it's just been beautiful. And I know it's life-giving and taught us all a lot about God's relationship with us. Mm -hmm. How many times, you know, we're not in the space that he can, he can work with us, but then than we are and how beautiful it is yes. and to, see, to see God work with our single moms and how he can just take what seemed hopeless for them, a desperate situation and give them that hope that they need. And I think that's just been so cool about Hope Ridge and our programs. It's just mm-hmm. the hope that God gives through those of us that have walked it and we've been there and we've yes. lived it. Yeah. And allowing us the opportunity to experience the things we've experienced as a foster family and do something more about it. And, um, you know, we'll, 
you get to share your story in another episode, but that's the whole foster care program is, is your heart to surround foster families with support and encouragement. And so I just love that with all the different programs and pieces of Hope Bridge is God has just used our individual stories Mm -hmm. and then uniquely woven them together to build out the organization to what it is today. I don't think we ever imagined when we were sitting around my kitchen Mm -hmm. table drinking coffee at midnight right? (laughs) and talking about the craziness of this life we were living that um, we would be here. I mean, I think many times we've seen the hardships and the brokenness of the system. We had compassion on the workers. Sometimes we did not. Mm -hmm. But like, how can we make a difference? How can we bring change to this? And I think a lot of times you don't truly understand something unless you're in it. And that's why those of us who are in it, you know, it was only makes sense that God would call us beyond our foster care years to do more. Absolutely. We've been there. And yeah. Understand. Lisa, could you share some insights into the biggest challenges that the child welfare system currently faces and what steps Hope Ridge, more specifically you as the executive director, um, is taking to address these issues? So I think that anyone working in this space nationwide can agree to the issues. And, and you know, we talk to organizations from all across the country doing similar work, and it's all kind of similar struggles that people are seeing. Um, not enough workers, not enough foster families. And there is a, a push right now to place kids in kinship homes. Um, and that's a whole topic on its own, but it, it does with that push, it does bring other struggles that we're seeing. So with the workers, the turnover rate is, is high in Ohio right now, um, 38%. And we're seeing how that affects. It's just has such a trickle down effect to, um, the kids in the system, to the money spent in the system. Um, and with not enough foster families, we're seeing the, just the pressure on the system with that kids are being placed out of County all over the state. It's costing more money to place them in purchase care. And so those are two areas that um, when we launched hope bridge, they weren't really on our radar of what we were going to be doing, but, but we've started doing it where um, we are serving our local County workers and yeah, we serve them back in March for national social worker month. And we're actually serving them this week for national hospitality week And just trying to link arms with them and find out, um, you know, what are your struggles? How, how can you be supported? What could we do as an organization to support you? And they're open to it because they need it. And, um, you know, we were surprised that they opened their doors to us. Mm -hmm. We're, we're a faith-based organization, very openly, but when you're offering to serve people that are, you know, they themselves are vulnerable working with these vulnerable families and seeing really hard things they have welcomed us and they have been very gracious and grateful. And so that's exciting to Mm -hmm. see that relationship develop. And um, also being on this side of foster care, no longer a foster family, but now serving these workers that we've worked with on the foster care level as a foster family, it's just an interesting shift and it's exciting to be a part of. I think having developed the relationships we did while we were fostering mm-hmm. um, played a huge role in that too. You Definitely. Know, we, we fostered, we tried our best to help out in ways while we were fostering. I know like 
for our family, we would, we intentionally helped transport to visits or we just went a step above and beyond to advocate for the children mm-hmm. and, and work with our social workers. And yes. that made a huge difference. And yeah, that's what we're seeing across the board with our programs is we talk a lot around here about everything being relational mm-hmm. and building that relationship. And um, I think that because all of us have that experience as a foster family and we've built that relationship with with various workers, it's serving our organization now um, because we've built a reputation individually right. that we are relational people. And now they're seeing Hope Bridge as a relational organization. And so um, that's one area that we have started to step into. And then we're, we're attempting to help recruit foster families um, by doing our foster care information nights. We're holding every other month on Zoom and um, just trying to share real stories, um, the good and the hard, the victories and the challenges <laughs> to just give a real life picture of what it looks like to be a foster family, because um, we could talk all day about the hardships that we've been through and the fights that we've had to fight. But at the end of the day, we all agree that it's been worth it for the oh, yeah. children that have been in our homes. And so working on um, supporting the caseworkers and um, recruiting foster families those are some of the biggest challenges in our local county right now. And so we're trying to step in and fill some of those gaps. So if people want to get involved and they want to make a difference and they're not sure how or where, where would you say that they start? I would say that they can find us on social media, Hopebridge, Ohio, and um, our website is hopebridgeohio.org. And I would encourage you to attend one of our foster care information nights. Um, We're not on there telling you that you have to be a foster parent. We're telling you um, our experiences as foster and adoptive families. And we're telling you about the different agencies that you can get licensed with. And also sharing other ways that you can step in that's not just becoming a foster family. And so there's lots of valuable information at those nights. We have our next one coming up in um, November. So that would be a great way to get connected Um, on our website. You could join our volunteer network and we will follow up with different volunteer opportunities and just pray about it. Pray about becoming a foster family. Our foster care program, Nicole, she will wrap around you with support and encouragement and um, you don't get that everywhere. So if you're connected to our organization as a foster family, you will just have so much support and family events that you can come to and link up with other foster families and just feel like you have a network of people who get it and will surround you with support. And so sometimes that is the most um, intimidating thing about stepping into foster care is, you know, who is going to do this with me? And um, you don't have to be alone on this journey. Right. We are with exactly. you. Yep. And we're bringing hope to those that are on this journey so that we can continue to bless those who need hope that are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so we just so appreciate you, Lisa, and appreciate all that you have done um, advocating for the children in your home and for others. Um, I, I love that we can balance each other out where you challenge things and I try to soften Comes them along. And, yes. <laughs> we're a good team. We make a good team. Um, something fun about your family. What do you guys love to do uh, when you're not doing foster care or speaking, breathing foster care? What is it that the Robertsons love to do together as a family? 
we are outside a lot and riding four wheelers a lot or the Ranger um, with three little boys. Anything with an engine that revs is what we're up to as a family. And so our daughter just kind of has to be go along for the ride with that because they kind of rule the roost with activities at home. Well, she does it well. So <laughs> she gets along right with them. Yeah. Well, we appreciate so much you sharing your story with us and we appreciate everybody listening to us and we can't wait till you join us next week while we hang out together here at the Restored Podcast by Hope Bridge. Um, thank you so much. Thanks.